Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And in Psalm 16, it says this, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Lord Jesus, I just pray over Capital Edge Church and Punta Edge Church watching today, Lord. I pray that this year, the start of this year, that you will direct our steps, that you will show us the path of life. You will show us the way to live, the way to receive the full, abundant life that your son died and rose again for us to receive. We love you, Lord Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Take your seats. Maybe in 2022, you asked yourself, is this really all there is? Is this it? Is this all there really is to life? There's got to be more. There's got to be more. Maybe you asked yourself that question. Maybe in regards to your Christian walk, if you're following Jesus today, maybe you asked yourself, is this all there is to following Jesus? Is this the end? Is this as good as it gets? There's got to be more. I know if I, I've asked myself that question before. When I was five years old, Jesus saved me. I had just watched The Prince of Egypt, if you know that film, classic. And that scene, that montage, that terrifying image of Pharaoh killing all of the Hebrew boys, you know, that montage with the hieroglyphics, that scene freaked me out. It terrified me. And I was struggling to go to sleep. I remember it very well. I was afraid of having a nightmare. I was afraid of being killed like all the Hebrew babies. And I would call out to my dad, dad, dad. And he'd rush into my room. What's wrong? And yeah, dad, dad, that's my boy, <laughs> Jones, calling out dad. I love you, boy. Um, and just like that, I would call out for my dad and he'd come rushing in and he would settle me down. He'd calm me down and then he'd go back to bed. And, but that happened more than once. That happened multiple times. And I was afraid that if I closed my eyes, I would have a nightmare. And eventually, after frustrating my dad many, many times, he came in and he sat me down and he said, Hamish, if you accept Jesus into your heart, you don't have to be afraid of death. And I remember in that moment, he led me in the sinner's prayer. And at five years of age, I became a Christian. Hallelujah. <laughs> you can clap for that. You can clap for that. A few years later, I was nine. And I decided to get baptized. And in front of my church and my church family and my family family and my friends, I publicly declared Jesus as my savior. When I was 13... I've been saved for many years at that point. We'd been going to church every single Sunday, week in, week out. I'd been baptized, but I started to become insecure, like many teenagers do. I hated myself. I had acne, I had braces, and my friends, or so-called friends, started calling me pizza face and brace face, you know, the whole works. And despite being saved, despite being baptized, despite going to church every single Sunday, I would come home every night feeling empty. That's not how the story goes, is it? Isn't the narrative that as a Christian, you've now filled that Jesus-shaped hole in your heart? 
and you're complete and you're, you're whole and there's no need to feel empty. Isn't that the narrative? Isn't that how the story goes? But why then, as a Christian, at the age of 13, many years being saved, how come every Sunday after church I would go home hating myself, empty on the inside, nothing? As a 13-year-old, I said, there's got to be more than this. Is this all there is? There's got to be more. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. I think some of us today are living our Christian life like that. Come on, be real. Analyze yourself. Look at yourself. Maybe you're feeling there's got to be more to life than, than this. You've been saved for many years. Maybe you've been baptized. Maybe you've been following the Lord for a long time. But maybe in 2022, you stagnated. You got a little empty. You were maybe running on fumes and you're thinking, if this is as good as it gets, then I don't want it. If this is all there is to following Jesus, is this, is this really as good as it gets, Jesus? Is this as rich as my Christian life could be? If that's the case, then Jesus, I don't want it. But the truth is today, church, there is more. There is more. There's got to be more. You have to believe today that there's got to be more than a ritualistic Sunday, ho-hum, go-come, go to connect group, do whatever, just ritual. There's got to be more than just the status quo. There's got to be more than that shallow, empty, surface-level Christianity. In 2022, you might have felt that way. In 2022, you might have had those questions. You might have been wondering, is this as good as it gets? But in 2023, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. Jesus, he came to give you, and I know that you know this, he came to give you life. But as that scripture said, not just life. What is it? Life to the full. A more kind of life. Life more abundantly. Life to the max. The best kind of life you could ever experience. He came to give you that life. And I believe today that God, who loves you more than you could ever know, He has come to show us the pathway of life. He's come to show us the way to live. The way to live this full, more kind of life that Jesus offers us. He's come to teach us how to receive it, how to walk it, how to live it, how to breathe it. He's come to teach us that there can be more to life. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. You don't have to live a fake, hollow, shallow, empty Christianity a second longer. If you've been saying there's got to be more, I'm here to tell you that there is more. There is more. In 2023, there is more. I want you to open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers 14. I'm reading from the NLT. Just to give you a bit of context, at this time, Moses, he is a leader of the Israelites and God has entrusted him to lead them out of Egypt and they've been wandering the wilderness and through the power of God, you know, the, the, the sea was split. You know, God provided a way for them to escape and he provided for them in the wilderness. As you know, you know, the, the pillar of fire, he led them with that pillar of fire. He led them with a cloud. Manna fell from heaven. He provided for every single need. Rocks were spurting out water. He provided every single thing that they needed, every single step along the way for 40 years in the wilderness. And now they reach the edge of 
the promised land. And what does Moses do? He sends out 12 spies into the land to scout it out. Ten of them come back with a negative report. The enemies are too big. They're too strong. The cities are too fortified. But two of them, Joshua, or just Joshy boy, and Caleb, they come back with a positive report. They come back with a positive report. We can take this land. We pick it up in verse 1 of 14. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Look at these people. Look at their grumbling. You would have thought, one would assume, after being literally saved by their God, provided for Him, uh, provided by Him, every step along the way for 40 years, you would have thought they'd have a shred of more faith at this point, correct? That's the assumption. But still, they're on the edge of the promise, and what do they have for God? Nothing, nada. Not a single myota, (laughs) iota. Not a single ounce of faith. They, they doubt their God. I wonder today, is that the same with you? Maybe God saved you many years ago. He's led you. He's provided for you. He's, he's helped you through trials and challenges over the years. But now you're on the edge of 2023. You're on the edge of a new season. You're on the edge of his promise. And where's your faith? Maybe you're doubting him. Maybe you're not obeying him. Verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is God, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Look at that contrast. Look at how the Israelites moaned and grumbled. Look at their lack of faith. And then look at the contrast of Josh and Caleb's faith. They had incredible faith in their God. And they reminded the people not to rebel against God because God would protect them if they remained obedient. Are you obedient to God today? I know that he's on your side. He's never left you, but are you on his side? This year in 2023, don't go against God's will for your life, but go with his will. Be obedient to him and he will help you overcome every single challenge. He will direct your footsteps. He will direct your path. Amen? Continuing on. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. They were mad. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, I love this. How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I've performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. But I will make you, Moses, into a nation greater and stronger than they. It's like God saying, where's your faith? I can't believe there's got to be more than this. I've led you for 40 years and here we are ready to take that next step and you're not with me. There's no relationship. 
And God, he, he wants to destroy Israel because they're complaining and they're, whine, they're whinging and whining. But Moses, he convinces them not to. And in verse 20, the Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. But there's a, there's a but. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not a single one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. And further along it says, How long will this wicked community grumble, whinge, whine against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except for Caleb and Josh. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them into the land that you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in the wilderness. That's a heavy story. What a way to kick off 2023. But I think there's a lesson to be learned here. Hey, there's always a lesson to be learned. It's this. You can be saved by God, but have no relationship with him. You see, God, he led Israel out of captivity in Egypt. 40 years, he provided for them, protected them. And they're on the edge of the promise and there's no relationship. How many years have you known Jesus? How many years have you called him savior? But how many minutes, how many seconds, how many hours did you spend with him? Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? At the start of 2023, do you have a faith in him, a real faith? Do you have obedience? Do you follow him? God is saying to you today, there's got to be more. There's got to be more than that. Hey, I want to encourage you. 2023, uh, 2022, you might have struggled in your faith. Hey, we've all been there. But 2023, let's believe for more. Come on, who's ready to believe for more this year? Come on, who wants to press into God deeper this year? Come on, who wants to get to know Jesus more? Who wants to go to more places? Who wants to go further with their Savior this year than you've ever gone before? You can do it. By His grace, you can. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. So this morning, I got three, there's got to be mores. Three ideas, three points, three, there's got to be mores that we need to take a hold of this year. Amen? Awesome. The first one, there's got to be more than belonging. There's got to be more than just belonging. We have a saying at Capital Edge. It goes like this, you don't have to believe to belong. I love that saying. It's fantastic. It's for new, peepers, uh, new people, for, for seekers, for people who are maybe unsure of where they stand with Jesus and if you're new here today and you're in that place and you don't know where your faith is at, I want to make it perfectly clear that you are welcome here. We love you. Uh, we hope you feel comfortable. Chat to us after the service. You know, we are so glad that you are here. But many of us, I know, are Christians today and have been for many years. 
many of us have already made that decision as to what we believe. And there's got to be a, a, a point, a, 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 there's got to be a change in your life as a Christian where you move from just belonging to a community to actually start becoming like Jesus. There's got to be more than belonging. There's got to be becoming. Instead of just belonging to a church, you actually need to start becoming like your Savior, like Christ. If you take faith out of the room, if you take His Spirit out of the room, we're just a club. And clubs are great. Don't get me wrong. Community is great. And I think we need more fellowship, especially after the years we've had. We need more connection. Get involved in a connect group. Join a serving team. You know, get, get amongst it. Make friends. But friends is not a replacement for faith. Belonging to a club does not keep your relationship with Christ afloat. It maybe gives you the illusion that things are going on well. But if church was taken away and we've seen what that happens, we see what happens when that happens. Where's your faith? There's got to be more than just belonging. You got to start becoming like Jesus. Coming to church every Sunday, it's not going to transform your life. Oh, great, Pastor Hamish. I can just go home now. Fantastic. No. (laughs) It's beneficial. Going to Connect Group Midweek is beneficial. But those things in and of themselves will not transform your life. They do not have the power to save. They do not have the power to sanctify like the blood of Jesus does. They do not have the power to transform you from the inside out. So don't just belong to this church. Become like your Savior. Become like Him. Hear the Word and apply it to your life. So what do you do? Let's talk practically. Don't just come to church to feel good, have your ears tickled. Come to church to get equipped to become like Jesus. Here's some challenges. Don't belong to this church, but fail to forgive your dad. That's a word for someone. Don't belong to this church, but fail to love your coworker. Don't belong to this church, but lie to your spouse. Belong to this church and Start becoming like Jesus. Forgive as He has forgiven you. Love as He loves you. Tell the truth. Be honest. Live a life of conviction as He has modeled for you. Become like Jesus. It's in our vision statement, people. No God become like Jesus. Make a difference. It's who we need to be as Christians. Second one. In 2023, you got to be more than fed. This year, you've got to be more than just fed. Don't get me wrong. It's good to feed on the Word of God. It's actually vital. It's, it's so important. It's crucial for the life of a Christian. We will die spiritually if we don't get the Word of God in our, in our hearts. However, if you want more in your life, if you want this more life that Jesus gives, there's got to be a point where you do more than just gorge yourself on spiritual food. I'm going to set a scene for you that you've probably seen in the last week. It's Christmas lunch. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. It's the, the Christmas feast. It's the, the epic spread. You got all the meats that God ever created. All of Noah's Ark is there on the table. And uh, sorry, vegetarians, I love you. Um, and you hold hands with your family and you say that prayer that we always say, Dear Jesus, bless this food to our bodies 
Amen. And then you dig in like you haven't eaten in years. You eat five servings. You stuff yourself more than the turkey. And you end up asleep on the living room floor, Pastor Joel. <laughs> Listen to me. Food is only a blessing to the body when its energy is used to produce something. Our bodies aren't fed so we can sloth around. <laughs> They're fed so we can go to work. You got to be more than fed. You got to be fruitful. Fruitful. If you want more, come on, there's got to be more. If you want more from this Christian life, if you want more from following Jesus, then you got to take the energy from the spiritual food you consume and use it to produce spiritual fruit in your life. Eat God's Word. Yes, read it every day. Get on the one-year Bible. You can start today. <laughs> Eat God's Word every day. Eat the bread of life. We need it to survive. But then use that energy from it to fuel fruitfulness in your life. Amen? Reading the Bible, it's good. Being preached at on a Sunday. And I'm preaching at you today. It's good. Joining Connect Group midweek, those are all beneficial. But those are not intended to feed you spiritually so you can spiritually sit on your behind and take it easy. Get up. Go to work. That food is there so that you can fulfill the Great Commission that Jesus has commanded all of us to fulfill. That food is there so that you will influence the workplace for Jesus. That food is there so you'll make a difference in the lives of the, your family who don't yet know Christ. That food is there so you'll be fruitful in every circle, every sphere, and every arena that God places you in. Remember, faith without works is dead. It's not good enough to be fed. There's got to be more than fed. You got to be fruitful, amen? My last thought today. In 2023, he's got to be more than Savior. He's got to be Lord. I think many of us are fine calling him Savior. But is he your Lord today? When you call Jesus Savior, all that that means is that at some point in your life, a moment in time, you accepted him as Savior. He saved you. But when you call Him Lord, it implies relationship. It implies reverence, obedience. So do we just treat Jesus as someone who saved us a long time ago? Like the Israelites did. Or do we treat Him as someone we serve every single day? If you only treat Jesus as your Savior... You only go to Him when you need help. When you treat Jesus as your Savior, we want Him to save us and then leave us alone. We reduce what He can do in our lives. We don't allow Him to transform us from the inside out. We don't allow Him to give us that abundant life, life to the max. What we're essentially saying is, thanks for dying for me, Jesus but I'm going to take it from here. It would be as if someone moved heaven and earth to sacrifice their life to save you, 
And all you did was say, I accept that. And then ignore them for the rest of your life. And by the way, that's exactly what Jesus has done for you. Jesus doesn't want you to just accept his salvation and stop there. He wants you to accept his lordship. He wants you to call him Lord. Jesus can be more than just a savior. And I praise God that he saved my soul. Don't get me wrong. Oh my gosh, he, he died on a cross. Destroying the power of sin and death, the curse of death over your life. And he rose to life by the power of God so that you might know the Father. So that when the Father sees you, you'll be called righteous as his son is righteous. And I thank God for that. Who's thankful for Jesus' salvation? Who's thankful that we can call Him our Savior today? But I'm thankful as well that we can call Him Lord. Today you can call Him Lord of your life. When you call Jesus Lord, you spend time with Him every single day. Come on, 2023, there's got to be more. When you call Him Lord, you submit to His authority. Don't brush over that. That's a big one. You submit. Not, not my will, your will. That takes a lot of humility. When Jesus is your Lord, you don't go your own way. You let Him lead. When Jesus is your Lord, you put Him first before every other commitment and every other relationship in your life. Before your work, before your career, before your business, you put Him first. You put Him first before your friends. You put Him first before your family your wife or your husband even. You put Him first before your desires and your feelings, your hopes and your dreams. You put Him before your hurt and your suffering, your emotions, how you're feeling that day. You put Him before your health. You put Him before the world. You put Him before anything and everything because Jesus Christ is Lord. So when I was five, I got saved. I called him Savior. When I was nine, I declared him Savior in front of my church. When I was 13, I asked myself, is this all there is? There's got to be more. Then I was 16. When I was 16, things went from bad to worse. Those feelings of insecurity, those feelings of self-hatred snowballed. And now dating girls and messing around, lying to my parents, that was the norm. I was still going to church every Sunday, don't get me wrong. I was still going to youth group every Friday night. I was a good Christian boy. But not only was I saying there's got to be more, now I was also saying, I don't know if I even believe anymore. And then I was 18. And my family was away on a holiday and I'd stayed back to work at Zimbrero's. Go get a burrito after church. I was 18. I was home alone for two weeks. In that time, God spoke to me. the clearest I've ever heard his voice. He said, Hamish, this is not the life I want for you. I've got something better. 
there's more to life than this. I want you to work for me. I want you to live for me. I was 18. I got saved at five. I got, I got to church every single Sunday since, since then till, till 18. I, I was going to youth group. I was, it all looked okay on the outside. If you do the math it, on, on paper, I should have been happy. I should have been close to him. But for so long, I felt like there was something missing. I tried to find it in relationships, tried to fill that Jesus-shaped hole, right? I tried to fill it with things that made me feel good, whatever I wanted, but still I felt empty and then God showed up. And He said, I'm all that you need. Stop calling me just Savior. Stop calling me Lord. That's a word for someone today. Can we stand? I'm going to finish with this. There's someone here today and you're not here by mistake. This Bible verse is for you. Romans 10.9 If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? I want to give an opportunity for two type of people to respond. The first is someone who has never had a relationship with Jesus. You didn't even know you could have one. Maybe this is your first time in a church or maybe you've had something to do with church in the past, but you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. You wouldn't say that you really know God. But today, you want to make the same decision that I did as a five-year-old and call Him Savior, call Him Lord. If that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity in just a second. The second person I'm talking to today is someone who's been calling Jesus Lord. But if you were honest with yourself, maybe last year, maybe for many years, that's all he was to you, just your savior. And today you want to make a choice. You want to decide to call Jesus Lord. If that's you, whether you're person number one or person number two on the count of three, I just want you to slip up your hand. I'll acknowledge it. You can put it down and then we'll pray together as a family. One, two, three three. Just put your hand up if that's you. If you want to call Jesus Lord today. Come on, in 2023, you're going to believe for more. You're going to call Him Lord today. Come on, be honest with yourself. Be real with yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, we're going to pray together. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, You are Lord of my life. I surrender every will, every desire, every aspiration into your hands. You are my Savior and my Lord. Today I choose to live for you and not for the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for those people that made a decision today. Awesome. Awesome. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Awesome. Happy New Year. Uh, Feliz Año Nuevo to our Spanish-speaking people. And we'll see. Did I say it wrong? I don't know if I said it wrong. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. We love you guys. Be blessed. Awesome.